You got to think a pocket or two. Oh, she knows that row or three. You got to think a pocket or two. Let's show a bit of how to do it, my dear. Just a game, Oliver. Just a game. Welcome back to the Philip K. Dick Book Club. In this episode, we'll be looking at Paycheck. Uh, of course, Paycheck was made into a movie with Ben Affleck and Paul Giamatti, um, which, you know, it's it's like most Philip K. Dick movies. It's not that good. Uh, there are a handful of good ones, but this, this isn't really one of them. And I'll, I'll say a little bit about that later on. Um, and what you just heard was a little bit of from Oliver. You got to pick a pocket or two. Because uh, that's what this story is about. This, this story is essentially a, a, a corporate heist story, and it's it's quite a lot of fun, and um, it's rightfully uh, famous, I think. It was first published in Imagination in, in its June 1953 issue, um, and it's published in the first volume of the collected stories of Philip K. Dick. Um, and usually, it's that volume is published as Paycheck and Other Classic Stories by Philip K. Dick these days. Although I think you can find other versions if you go on the used book market. So anyways, as always, I'll start with the plot summary. And as always, most of these plot summaries come from my, my previous blog on Philip K. Dick, the Philip K. Dick Review. Um, so anyways, our main character is Jennings. Jennings is a mechanic, and he agreed to work for the Earl Rethrick Company on a two-year contract. The catch with this two-year contract is that after the two years, he would have his memory of all those years, or those two years, wiped clean, but he would receive a substantial salary um, for that lost time. Although he's aged two years, Jennings would have no memory of the time at work. So from Jennings' perspective, it's an instant payoff, right? So that's the good news. The good news is you just wake up one day and suddenly you're, you're rich or you have a nest egg. Um, so he, he does that. He goes to see the paymaster, and a woman named Kelly uh, is there. And he receives not a paycheck, not a pay envelope with his 50,000 credit salary. Instead, he receives an envelope with a bunch of sorted trinkets. Uh, and it's told, he's told that this is in lieu of his payment uh, because that's what he wanted. Jennings learned that he agreed to a change in his contract before accepting, uh, you know, sometime before getting paid he got he got this he said signed a new contract and in the contract stated that instead of the fifty thousand dollar salary he would get a fifty thousand dollar credit fifty thousand credit fifty thousand credit whatever instead of that he would receive uh, this handful of items and these trinkets are a code key a ticket stub a package receipt a piece of wire a half of a poker chip a piece of cloth and a bus token so you can imagine how depressed he is as he leaves the building. So almost immediately, Jennings is picked up by the secret police who question him about his time working for the Rethrick uh, company. Jennings knows only that his specialty is electrical engineering or machinery, but he has no memory of what he did during the past year because all the memory was wiped. Um, they're about to bring him into custody, but Jennings is able to use the length of wire and the bus token to escape the situation. On the bus, Jennings realizes that somehow he knew that he would need these items at this time. His options seem limited. He cannot return home, 
returning to work for Ruthric would provide some additional protection. Corporations in this world are largely untouchable by the government, providing sanctuary to their employees. And we have an almost cyberpunk depiction of the relationship between the state and the corporation here. It's um, now certainly Dick didn't invent all the cyberpunk themes, but I think even one time William Gibson said he never read Philip Kiddick's stories. But nevertheless, it's hard to deny that there seems to be some overlapping themes between what Philip K. Dick did and, and cyberpunk. We could maybe call them proto-cyberpunk if you want, but part of it is like, part of the cyberpunk vision of the world is this, the autonomous corporation, the corporation that is its own state or is, in, you know, is indifferent to state authority. And here we see a little bit of that. He ans the answer to how he knew what he would need must be at the company though. So but thanks, he has this memory wipe, so he doesn't know even where the company is really located. So he's really, he doesn't really know what to do. But he looks at the ticket stub. That's one of the paycheck items he received. It's a, like a movie ticket stub. And he finds out from this that he lived in Stewartsville, Ohio, Iowa. Um, so he knows that this must have been nearby where the company was. So he takes a rocket ship to Stewartsville, Iowa. Jennings enters a lunch encounter called Bob's Place in Stewartville and asks questions about how he can find some work. The man at the counter of the luncheon is not much help. He says that he could work for a television repair shop. Later on, a cab driver suggests he could work in the secretive location that he often takes local workers. Workers are, are identified with a special green piece of cloth, identical to the piece that Jennings gave himself, the little piece of cloth he got. He decides that this is enough evidence that he that those workers in green are working for the company. So he decides to seek out the aid of Kelly McVeigh, who must work in Stewartsville. Jennings locates Kelly and explains to her that he feels that he is a pawn in a game between the secret police and the, and the Ruthrick construction company. He also tells her that he deduced that Ruthrick is working on a time scoop. This explains the mind wiping and the secrecy and the police interest in the company. Working on the time scoop technology is highly illegal. Jennings decides that the only hope for survival, his own personal survival, is to get into the system of Ruthric. His plan is to use the remaining four items, the green cloth, the code key, the half of a poker chip, and the parcel receipt, to get inside the company, to take as many photographs as possible, and then blackmail the company. Jennings, with Kelly's help, is able to infiltrate the factory. The green fabric allows him to pose as a worker. Jennings takes photographs and steals the technical schematics of the time scoop. The code key allows him to escape the factory. Kelly drives him out of town and Jennings returns by intercity rocket back to New York, uh, New York City. Kelly also returns to New York by cruiser, taking with her the stolen materials. He meets with Kelly again and discusses his plan to confront the company. Jennings is stopped by the police uh, and he finds out that the half of the poker chip he had is actually a symbol for a gambling den that's protected by the police. The gambling hall would also then be a place where he would meet uh, Rethrick, the company. Jennings' blackmail attempt confirms what he was already suspecting. The company had been engaged in planning for a massive action against the authoritarian state. According to Rethrick, when the people rise up against the state, the only force for social order will be the large corporations. Rethrick had already been active mobilizing talented people for its infrastructure projects. Jennings learns that Kelly is Retrick's daughter and refused to bring the documents and instead placed them in a safety deposit box. Jennings, 
However, from the past, uses the time scoop to snatch up the ticket for the deposit from Kelly. This ticket is the last of the seven items and enables Jennings to complete his blackmail attempt, and he is brought into the company as a full partner and a high-ranking figure. Now, one thing that's bothers me about this story is that why would a security conscious company like Rethrick allow workers to renegotiate contracts to include such random items? That seems to be a big plot hole here. I can't imagine why they wouldn't suspect something, especially if they're working on a time machine thing. Nevertheless, the idea of your future self giving you the items you need to solve certain problems, giving you what you'll need to solve certain challenges that you know you're going to face in the future is really a good idea. It's it's really a solid idea and, and rather fascinating. I don't think the way it's negotiated here maybe makes the most sense because I just have a hard time believing that Rethink, this company, would allow workers to, to renegotiate contracts in such bizarre ways. It's one thing to maybe demand more money or to, you know, ask for an extension or something, but this is a really goofy, you'd have to suspect something was up, I would think. So it's not really explained how he's able to manage doing that. They go through the great pains to ensure that the memory of employees is wiped clean, but they get a ticket stub with the name of the city where the factory is located, and they actually put it in the pay envelope. It, you know, the green armband that is clearly used to identify the company workers. Um, and it's, it's a really interesting idea that these small items could be used like this as clues to unravel a predetermined plot, but I don't, don't find it very believable here. And I don't know if this is, we can chalk it up to Dick's inexperience. Um, or just, you know, the fact that sometimes he wasn't as concerned about plot as he was the ideas. And the ideas certainly are interesting and they stand up, but I just don't think it's totally well thought out here. Now, um, let me try to get some more into analysis. Now, of course, this movie's been made, a movie's been made from this story, um, Paycheck. It's called Paycheck as well. It borrows the main plot device, but it uh, loses much that Dick was trying to get at. I remember seeing in a documentary at one point someone mentioned, I forgot who, I apologize, but the, the talking head in the documentary said that most of Dick's movies get remade into chase movies. And, you know, it's kind of like in Total Recall, Paycheck, certainly one of those that kind of just gets remade into a, into a, a, a chase movie. This is kind of a heist movie, and it, it probably should have been maybe sold as more of a heist movie. And since heist movies are not totally unpopular, I, th I think it would have maybe done better that way. Um, now, as I said before in this podcast, many of the metaphysical games that Dick likes to play are interesting in there, but often they're used to articulate a social or political truth. Um, so we... Sometimes readers who focus so much on the metaphysical, religious, spiritual aspects of Dick's vision and fiction tend to maybe miss the political. Um, and I think this is a really good example of a very political story. In the case of Paycheck, we end up getting a movie about the manipulation of time travel and a man getting rich by winning the lottery, rather than a story about the conflict between capital in the Rethrick company, and an authoritarian state, both sides of which saw the poor as a means to pursue their power. Near the end, Rethrick explains to Jennings that he is building up state apparatuses. He's building up the infrastructure of government, of getting ready to rule, right? If this is not to resolve the social conflicts in society, like a revolutionary movement might think. 
Instead, its goal is uh, to completely bypass the state and, and exploit society for their own profit, to become the dominant force in the society and the main profiteer of social society's wealth. Quote, my grandfather brought in a few men, mechanics, doctors, lawyers, little once a week newspaper men from the Middle West. The company grew. Weapons appeared. Weapons and knowledge. The time scoop and mirror. The plant was built secretly at great cost over a long period of time. The plant is deep, big and deep. It goes down many more levels than you saw. He saw then your alter ego. There's a lot of power there. Power in men who's disappeared, purged all over the world, in fact. We got to them first, the best of them. Someday, Jennings, we're going to break out. You see the conditions like this can't go on. People can't live this way, tossed back and forth by political and economic powers. Masses of people shoved this way and that according to the needs of government or that, of that this government or that cartel. There's going to be resistance someday, a strong, desperate resistance. Not by big men, powerful people, but by the little people. Bus drivers, grocers, vid screen operators, waiters. And that's where the company comes in. Right. So depending on how you read this, you could say that they're trying to be the benevolent dictators of, you know, to harness the growing class resentment. Or it could just be that we're going to benefit from the chaos of the eventual revolt of the people. Um, and the fact that he, they're building up state apparatuses, secret police powers and in, 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 institutions of power, rather than building up like social welfare nets or community organizations, suggests that, yeah, their, their goals are largely cynical here. For a moment, we are, to we are led to believe that Rethrick may choose to support the people against the corporations and the state, but that is not what he has in mind. He suggests instead that they will be in a prime position to profit from supporting the popular side in the upcoming struggle. Rethrick is looking for a fourth way, a way to side with the revolution while maintaining its position as an economic power. By taking in the disaffected intellectuals and skilled workers, it also promises to be in a position to take over state power someday. In presenting a world divided between a handful of weak states at odds with strong corporations, Dick certainly does prefigure the political structure of many cyberpunk works. Corporations are so strong that the police have the power over the streets. Anyone working for a company or even entering a gambling den is under legal protection and legal surveillance and can be picked up and questioned pretty much at will. We have no idea here that there's any rights that anyone has, whether in relation to their working lives, where you can have your mind wiped if that's what the contract states to do. I mean, freedom of contract, I suppose, is the foundation there. Perhaps there's some logic to this, given that the corruption of our political and legal systems today. If a drug dealer kills someone, they get prison. If a corporation kills thousands by releasing toxic chemicals, they get a mild slap on the wrist at worst. Paycheck jumps to the logical conclusion of corporate power, which is corporate legal autonomy. The next step, also hinted at this story, is the corporate state. All right, one more thing to say about this story. And that, I guess, was the technology of the time scoop. Um, you know, someday someone should really write down a taxonomy of all the Philip K. Dick technologies and, and analyze them and look at their roles and to see how many of them were original to him um, and how many of those, you know, he borrowed from other writers, where he got them from. I think it would be an interesting project. Here, the only real technology that matters is the time scoop. And what the time scoop is, is a, a very limited time machine that allows you to gaze into the future, or maybe I guess the past too. So you can gaze into another time, but you can also scoop, take things out, take individual objects out, right? 
and here we have the key, the safety deposit box key, um, is the object that's brought back um, for, for Jennings. So it's, I think it comes up again in other stories. It's, um, it's kind of a nice idea for, for science fiction. Tech, as far as science fiction technologies go, it's, it's a pretty nice idea. I just thought I'd mention that it's, it's the major technology in the story. Dick's not often known as a technological writer, but actually if you look back at his stories, you know, there are some interesting ideas about technology here. So, all in all, a, an interesting story, a, a good story. It, it's it's well written. It's actually rather exciting. Um, it's my only real complaint with it is the setup is a little bit forced, and I just don't really buy that this company would allow Jennings to renegotiate his contract in such a bizarre way. It doesn't really make much sense, especially given the context. But I'm not sure else how else it could have got started. I like the idea of a corporation being able to force its workers to wipe their minds clean. In this era of, of security breaches and Edward Snowden and NSA and all this, I, I think this is a plausible challenge for us. Is Are we going to allow medicine to be used to... You know, people are we going to allow people's physical bodies to be manipulated and altered in order to ensure corporate or government secrets from being kept? Um, essentially, stealing big chunks of people's lives for uh, the interest of security. Uh, the technology may be not that far away for that. I have read some articles that suggested we understand enough about where memory exists in the brain that perhaps we could begin mind wiping people, at least in certain degrees. So it's, um, it's a little bit scary, and I, I think it's there's a bit of a warning here, perhaps, about that. But the biggest issue in this story is really the corporate versus state power, and where's the fate of the little man in that? You know, we w I suppose if you, if you were to make this in the movie, you'd want to make Jennings the little man striking out against the the company. It almost seems like that at the beginning. You want it to be a straight up heist movie where he's going to get his comeuppance. He's going to get you know get get the big payout at the end and that's what they do in the movie essentially um, but by making it really about this man trying to move up the corporate hierarchy to actually get in on the right side of of the upcoming war between the state and the corporations is really a, a where the gene this is where that's where the genius of the story really comes out so anyways great story very interesting and um, that's it I'll see you next time next story will be colony which will um, be about consumerism and about the threat, the danger of consumerism. So I'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening. Rate, subscribe, share, and you can send me comments at 100pagescast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. Better get some untaxed income. Better pick a pocket or two, you. Got to pick a pocket or two, boys. You got to pick a pocket or two. Oh,